Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so to the Readerly Report. We are, today we're going to be discussing some paperbacks that we have well, Gail's going to discuss some paperbacks that she has either enjoyed or is looking forward to that are going to be coming out imminently um, as we head into the spring reading season. And I'm going to discuss a few books that I have read that are have just come out, are coming out, that I think you know people who share our tastes will enjoy. Sounds good. So, but first of all, I guess let's get into Gail. What have you been reading? So I've been in a little bit of a reading lull lately. Um, I'm, I would say over halfway done finally with I Liked My Life, which I know we've talked about earlier on the show, and I'll be happy to report back once that's finally done. But it's kind of a dense book, and it's just, it does not go fast. So I've been reading that. But I did finish um, recently The Bookseller by Cynthia Swanson, which I know is something that you've read as well. And um, I liked it. What Tell me, I think you read that a while ago and it was your encouragement that um, added it or bumped it up my TBR list. Tell me what you thought of it. I really liked the bookseller. Um, it's dual time periods. It's, you know, I just don't, I don't want to spoil the unfolding of it, but it's basically about a woman who runs a bookstore. Um, she lives alone. She runs a bookstore and she starts having these really vivid dreams of this other life. And it increasingly becomes, I don't know, it, it increasingly just becomes or comes to her that she's going to have to make a decision between these two lives. Mm-hmm. So in one life, she's sort of solitary. She has a friend. She runs her bookstore. I think it's in the 50s, 50s, 60s, 60s. Yeah. 60s. 1963. And in her other life, she's happily, she's happily married. She has two lovely kids. So it's sort of, I guess an interesting time period to kind of explore which kind of life would you choose? Like, what does she want to do? Right. I got, I I really loved it. Yeah. What's interesting is that with these two lives, they're completely mutually exclusive. Like in one of them, she's single and has this whole life. And in the other one, she's married, she's found a partner, she's got three kids and there's no way to reconcile the two. They're complete polar opposites from each other from everything from how she spends her days to where she lives to who's in her life. And so she goes back and forth between them with, uh, you know, it's like a, a complete polar opposite of each other. And there's wonderful things in each one, but they're mutually exclusive. So she sort of has to figure out in the end, like, where does she want to live? Which, which dream world does she want to live in? I really like that. Like I said, I don't want to say too much because mm-hmm. it, you know, you just have to read the story and, and have your experience with it. Yep. We don't want to give away too much, but I really, I really enjoyed, I think that she had such a mastery in exploring both worlds, I guess, two different perspectives in that, in that time period, you know, one who is a single woman in that time period and one who I guess is more traditionally married. So it was just really interesting to be in both of those lives. Yeah. And to see what she decides to do. 
And I think if you either love books or you love Denver or you like reading, I wouldn't call it historical fiction. I mean, it's from 1963, but I think that's historical. I guess that's historical. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, just like a different time and a different era and uh, certainly views of women and working and. And it's definitely very bookish. She is a, um, one of the one of the women. Well, I've said she's a bookseller. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's nice if you like sliding doors and that type of imagining different ways that your life could play out, and you know, imagining where you would be happier. Um, it's it's a good read, and I've I've done some of it on audio, and the audio has been really good. Uh, although I've I've since switched back to print, and the, the print is also just as good. Good. Yeah. So on another note about Cynthia Swampson, I just read her book, The Glass Forest, which I really enjoyed. She, it's not the same construct because it's not one woman exploring, I guess, the road that she wants to take. But it's sort of similarly exploring the lives of women who are in a 1960s time period. You know, one is sort of she's married, but she has developed into an independent businesswoman and she goes missing the night that her husband is found dead in the forest. And so another perspective to that one is her daughter, Ruby, who she's a teenager, but she's a very very kind of grown up adult teenager and her aunt who comes to visit after the murder, the murder of her father and the disappearance of her parents. So once again, she's exploring these very different lives and perspectives in the 1960s. You know, some people who have big city jobs. And I think that that seems to be her, her bent, you know, towards historical lives and what choices do they make and, and the issues that you're confronted with and how, how do you grow? Does that also take place in Denver? It doesn't take place in Denver. This is upstate New York, I believe. Um, there is some Midwest aspect component because I think when Ruby's father dies and the mother you know, disappears, her aunt Angie flies in from Wisconsin. So it's sort of a juxtaposition of a, a small town life versus other choices in the 60s. It was really interesting. I interesting to think about because there there are some strong women and there are some women who are sort of trying to figure out their way and their interactions with their husbands were really interesting because at this point I don't know just I guess the dynamic between a husband and a wife in the 60s is so much different than how we think of relationships mm-hmm. or at least in contemporary Manhattan mm-hmm. <laughs> so exactly uh, and what else have you read? So, so, but I really like that. I think they're kind of pitching it as this murder mystery kind of thing, but it's such a much slower, intricate story. So if you're not looking for something kind of slow and intricate and thoughtful, then I wouldn't read it right now. I think it's definitely a book that you should prepare for, because if you think it's just going to be a murder thriller or whatever, then it might seem very slow for you and you won't finish. But I really liked it. What else am I reading? So... On a previous podcast, I mentioned this book called I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. And the subtitle is One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer. So I read that book. I had to read it during the day because I think the first, when I got my hands on it, I made the mistake of starting it in the evening. 
Uh-oh. And it, it was super creepy because it's about this. Um, she's a crime investigator. She had this blog. She was always sort of interested. She'd had a uh, murder had happened in her neighborhood when she was growing up. And I, I kind of think that that started her down that. She basically investigated old crimes and dug deep to see, you know, she would use Google and all the different, you know, internet error resources to try to solve some un, unsolved murders and to give updates on serial killers and murders. So she focuses in on this, the serial killer. I think he was, I don't know, he was a serial rapist and turned serial killer and she named him the Golden State Killer. So those were really, it was really creepy to get into those details, which was why the first night I'm having trouble sleeping. I don't know how people live in houses. I live in an apartment. (laughs) (laughs) No single story house for me, maybe ever. (laughs) But so it's just, it was what was interesting about this book. I mean, besides her investigating these crimes, I guess, is the detail that she gets into and how these neighborhoods changed as crimes were being committed, you know, these took place in California. So I think at the time, which is the late, mid to late 70s, early 80s, when these crimes were being committed, California was just the area that he wandered around in was full of trees and just how the landscape changes as people became more afraid, you know, that they cut the trees down. and And it's, she talks about her life and tries to reconcile her interests in such dark material and I guess, you know, raising her family. Cause at one point she mentions how her daughter's asleep and she's sitting in the room next to her, you know, like on her computer, just looking up ungodly things. But it was a really interesting book. Unfortunately, she died before it was completed a couple of years ago. Um, so people who had been researching it with her, ended up completing the book and Gillian Flynn wrote the introduction and her husband writes the afterword. So. Ah, okay. I think I've, I think I heard about this book. And there's a podcast too. A podcast that accompanies the book. Well, I don't know if it accompanies the book, but there's a podcast on iTunes called I'll be gone in the dark. And it's all about, I guess the making of the book and how it all came together since she died before it finished. Wow. Okay. What else? Uh, On a lighter note, I read Still Me, and it's absolutely fabulous. What is I don't even know what that is. Still Me, it's the the latest in the Louisa Clark trilogy by Jojo Moyes. Oh, of course I know what that is. I have it sitting on the floor in my house. Oh, Oh, it's so good. It's so good? you need something, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Like, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed... I really enjoyed the journey. Okay. It's such a good trilogy. So I won't go too much into that because we talked so much about it last time, but yeah. you should definitely check it out. It's a good follow-up. Does it feel similar to the other two? Yes. Okay. Louisa is very much Louisa trying to figure things out. So, you know, there is going to be a mixture of drama and comedy and all of that. Yep. But, you know, Jojo Moya, she definitely does her thing in terms of setting the time and the place and making you feel like you're all caught up in her life and her situation. So, Oh, that's exciting. Okay. I'm glad to know that you liked it. Yes. Uh, Um, I have it waiting for me when I'm ready for it. So one more thing that I'm going to mention, because I think on the last podcast, I was in the middle of reading Mrs. 
Uh-huh, Caitlin Macy. Her name is, it's actually Caitlin Macy. That's right. I read a whole article about how it's not Caitlin. It was pronounced. Yes. Yes. I totally. We probably read the same magazine. Yeah. So yeah. So I finished that. I liked it. It is very, another one of those very slow in the beginning. The writing is sort of, you know, she's writing from the point of view of these rich neurotic women, this really determined prosecutor. So everyone has like these foibles and things that are, I guess, I don't know, they're, their antics and their interior workings for how they want to live their lives. It's very detailed emotionally, like how people react to things. There's a lot of that, but I think it worked out in the end. It's not one of those books that will go by really quickly or that you should read if you don't like a lot of detail because there's a lot of that. Okay. But I ended up in the end. I liked it. It was worth it. Even though halfway, Half of the book, I was sort of like, mm, I don't know about this. But then, you know, but then you're, then I was invested. Is it about rich people in New York? It is. Okay. It's about, yeah, it's about rich people in New York and kind of what happens. Some of them are rich. It's about these, it centers around these kids who are attending like elementary school, preschool. So I think that that's why it gets the big little lies tie in. Mm-hmm. So it's about the moms, and one of them is not as wealthy, and she's married to, I think he's running for attorney, he wants to be attorney general eventually, but he is investigating one of the fathers of the children that they interact with, and there's like all kinds of different backstories and intricacy about where people went to school and the rules of how they do things, and lots of different personalities to keep track of. Okay. All right. Well, that's in my house too. So hopefully I'll get to that at some point as well. I've heard good things about it. Yeah. All right. Springtime. And there's a lot of books coming out soon in paperback that we can remind you of, encourage you to read and some things that we, that I have on my shelf, but now that they're coming out in paperback, I'm probably a little bit more prompted to pick them up. Right. Well, some of these won't be out for like another couple months. So you have a little bit of time. But um, we looked over the upcoming paperback release list, and um, there's a couple on the list that I read that I wanted to share, and a few on the list that I haven't read, but I really do want to read, so they're on my list too. So if you're the type of person who likes to wait for things to come out in paperback for whatever reason, price, more convenient, uh, shorter wait times at the library, then maybe these would be for you. Less heavy. Less heavy, (laughs) right. So... Um, the first one is uh, called Gray Bar Hotel by Curtis Dawkins. Um, this won't come out till May 8th, but that's not that far away from now. And May 8th, I mean, and, um, Gray Bar Hotel is about, it is. Is it prison life? Yeah, it's a collection of stories about life in prison. And it's fiction, but it's clearly quite, hits very close to home because the author is in prison. And um, it's. A pretty dark collection, and there's lots of um, different perspectives. Sometimes it's the perspective of someone who's just gotten out, someone who's just gotten in, someone who's in for life, um, and it's just well-told stories with lots of insight about what it's like to be in prison. And you know, it's a population that most people don't think about very often. And I thought it was a really interesting glimpse. And it's you know, it's very sad and heavy in a lot of ways, but. It's not very long, and uh, I think it 
I, I picked it up at BEA last year and read it last fall, and I really liked it. So I would recommend when it comes out in paperback, maybe giving it a try. Sounds good. I think we talked about how we like prison books. Yes, I do like prison books. I don't know what that says about me, but I like prison books. And it's, it's funny. It's such a different perspective. Yeah, because you've said like when we've talked about books about people being confined, how about how that's something that is like a huge nightmare for you? Like when we're talking about Room or other books that have to go up that alley, that's interesting that you are drawn to prison books because I am as well. Um, I don't, I guess now, now we're getting into confined with a reason, you know, like right. whether it's an unfortunate reason or whatever, somehow that's just, if you've arrived to the point that you're, you're in prison, some things have gone down that this was not completely unexpected. Right. You may have, I mean, you, you may be surprised to find yourself. Maybe you're not innocent. Maybe you're, I mean, maybe you're guilty. Maybe you're innocent, but it's not like you're walking down the street and it happens. Right. And you get abducted. Right. Um, another book coming out in the spring is Mrs. Fletcher, which we've talked about a ton on the show. This is um, Tom Parada's latest book, and it's about a 40-something woman living in the suburbs who kind of discovers online porn and that world, online porn and sex, while her son goes off to college and is dealing with his own issues of how to relate to women when it comes to sex and other things. So this was not my favorite Tom Parada, um, but it was, I'm glad I read it. And I think it was, it's probably pretty popular. And I, my guess is that when it comes out in paperback, it will get even more attention. Um, if you like Tom Parada, he wrote The Leftovers. He wrote a lot of other Little Children, um, Election, lots of books that make statements about kind of modern American suburban life. And if you're a fan of his, I would definitely recommend giving it a try. Like I said, it's not my favorite of his, but I'm glad I read it. And that will come out on May 1st. And then another one that we've also talked about on the show comes out on June 2nd, and that's Perennials by Mandy Berman. And that's the book about summer camp that I also talked about last year. It's kind of a collection of interconnected stories about summer camp. It's the same camp and the same general group of people, although the perspective and the focus changes from chapter to chapter. And I didn't love it. I sort of thought it was going to be more detailed and more in-depth and you would feel like really immersed in this summer camp population and the friendships and relationships. And instead, it felt a little more ephemeral. Maybe it's the nature of it being short stories as opposed to being a true full-length novel. But um, I don't know. I, I I would say if that appeals to you, give it, pick it up. That's going to come out in June, June 2nd, which I guess makes sense for a summer read. So keep an eye out for that if you see it coming up in the next couple weeks or next couple months. Um, so yeah, go ahead. I see that also the marriage pact is coming out and I want to talk about girl in the snow. So will you tell us about the marriage pact? Sure. When is that coming out in paperback? It's coming out in April. I don't oh. have the exact date, but. Oh, soon. Okay. So also there... coming out in paperback in April, the windfall. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, of those two, I would recommend the marriage pact. Um, the Marriage Pact is a book that Nicole and I both read that we've discussed at length on the show, and it's about this strange secret society that this new married couple finds themselves a part of. 
without really knowing what it's all about, but it's a society devoted to keeping marriages intact and healthy. And it's almost cult-like, and this couple finds that they now have this membership in it, which turns out to involve a lot more than they expected, and it becomes a lot more threatening and sinister than they expected when they signed up. So it raises these questions of, you know, how far would you go to make sacrifices for your partner? What if those sacrifices were demanded by somebody other than your partner? Do you go along with it? And, you know, what? at what point do you say this is too much? And kind of cry foul at the whole thing so it's it's definitely a page turner and it's uh you know worth a read but it's it's be prepared that it's it gets a little dark yeah it's dark a couple more to look at for this spring now these are books i have not read that i wanted to read and I maybe have them in hardcover, but now I've, of course, sat on them so long that they're coming out in paperback. Um, one of them is called Young Jane Young, and I picked this book up at BEA last year, and it is about a woman who plays a role kind of similar to Monica Lewinsky who had an affair with – I can't remember if it was a congressman or someone visible and in power, and it's about her life after that and what – how she sort of managed to emerge from this scandal with her reputation intact and what she, what happens to her life after that. I think it was also narrated, the audio is narrated by Karen White. So maybe I'll try to find that one on audio at some point. But that's coming out on April 25th. And a book called Marlena, which I never read, but I wanted to, about kind of one of those dangerous female friendships where one of the girls is kind of, risky and doing scary, you know, dangerous things. And then she has this friend and how the two of them relate to each other through the years and the impact that the first woman has on the second. Um, did you ever read Marlena? I didn't. It's similarly on my list. And I was just sitting here thinking that, you know, if we were marooned on an island and we could only have a couple of genres of books, dangerous friendships would probably. Oh, yeah, that's a good one make the list yep so yeah so marlena comes out april 3rd so that's just a few weeks away and i really want to read courtney sullivan's latest book and i just we had book club last weekend and um i one of the women in our book club was talking about how she had just finished saints for all occasions and how good it is so this is courtney sullivan's latest book she also wrote maine and the engagements, and I'm forgetting. If you want a literary summer book, I think it's she's who you go for. Yeah, right. Her books are they're just so satisfying. You kind of delve into them, and there's so much detail and drama, and she's a great writer. I'm curious to see what you would think about Mrs. Oh, about Mrs. Okay, because it's it's sort of similarly detailed and drama, and I think it's it's very easy to go either way on this book. Hmm, okay. All right, well, I will I will bump that one up. So Courtney Sullivan, Saints for All Occasions, comes out just in time for Memorial Day weekend on May 29th. So that's a long ways away. I know a lot of these, but it's never too soon to start planning out your summer reading. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's not. I, um, I wonder what the cover is like. I'm always curious to track the cover changes. Yeah. Um, also coming out in April is Killers of the Flower Moon, which I won't go into 
um, a bunch because I have talked about it so much on the show. It's by David Grant. It's nonfiction about um, the wealthy Indian tribe, the Osage Indians, who were sort of systematically being murdered in 1930s Oklahoma area. It's really, it's really a very good read. I discussed it with my book club, so it's, a, it's even though it's nonfiction, it's a good book. Nonfiction can make good book club picks. I just feel like we just don't do. We're such fiction girls, but. That's a really good one. Um, and I want to talk about Girl in the Snow by Danya Kafka. Uh, and it's about this, it's about three people growing up in the snow. One is, is a troubled teenage boy who had had a crush on her. Um, I guess he's viewed as having stalked her. It's the police officer who's investi- investigating the case and another um teenager who sort of had a rivalry with the murdered girl. Um, I don't know. I, I think there were a lot of mixed reviews around this book. Um, I thought it was really good, but I don't know. I feel like sometimes marketing does not manage expectations well, and they set this up to be sort of this um, intense murder mystery when it was really much more about the community and how they were impacted by this. I feel like I've said this before when I've talked about this book. These words sound very similar. But if you do like a more intricate kind of neighborhood story where, you know, there is a sort of murder as a side plot, it's really good. She touches on a lot of different topics like immigration and, of course, relationships between men and women and, you know, mental health among teenagers and what's healthy and what's not. So, there's just lots of food for thought in that, and it's just really well written. Well, good. So there's lots of good stuff coming up. At this point, I know I just want to address the fact that our you know, podcast has been a little bit sporadic. I'm, I'm in the middle of a major recovery, so I'm feeling proud that I have been able to continue as I have been. Um, so if you're not subscribed, please subscribe to keep up with us, and you know, hopefully by... We're optimistic that eventually, maybe over the next two or three months, we'll get back to um, a more weekly, uh, more regular schedule anyway. Absolutely. We will be here more. We promise. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working towards that. Yes. Drop us a line. Gail runs our Facebook page, and you can find me on Instagram, both under Readerly Mag. And yeah, so if you have any thoughts about anything you've heard on any podcast, Please let us know if you have any recommendations for us. Please let us know. So until next time, happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.